0: To business. This is the scum and sneak fantasy football show about the LV dynasty fantasy football league that we are all in. Sneak
1: two weeks down, we're we're in the season. This is great. This is great. Feeling really good. Real feeling really fun. Uh, I know people are excited and planning their Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays as we are, and we are back at it going into week three. Man, before we know it, it's going to be. October holidays season's gonna be winding on, and we're having fun as we do it.
0: Can't wait for that season though, especially because then I have a little more inspiration for the episodes. But we soldier drawn with the excitement of the beginning of the season. A lot to get into this week, Sneak. But first, I totally forgot something last week that we need to do, and that is to offer you a big congratulations, my friend. We've hit 50 episodes. 50
1: episodes of The Scum and Sneak Show. Holy macaroni, dude. That's a lot. And technically, if you count the bonus
0: Friendsgiving episode, this is episode like 52. So we've got a legit year's worth of weeks of episodes under our belts.
1: Kudos to you. And I love it. Yeah, man. It's been fun can't do it without you. You are the mastermind. You come up with all the cool episodes. I'm just here to to, to bring you along and, and help you out. And I know all of our listeners uh, out there enjoy it as well, all of our friends. Uh, so hopefully, maybe one day, this will be a mainstream pod. But for now, we just uh, speak to our uh, bosom buddies. Shanique, not since been this
0: week is in honor of, re- of us reaching 50 episodes. I just pulled up The pro football, what is this? Focus? (laughs) Focus top 50 NFL players. Okay. On their grades. You know, I think you've seen it for sure. Our fans have probably seen it. They grade based off of performance and tape. I don't really know what goes into it, but this isn't a fantasy list. This is just the football list. So I'm not going to read all 50, obviously, but I want to know if you agree with our top five. Okay. Like that. Number one, Aaron Donald, number two, Patrick Mahomes, number three, Travis Kelsey, number four, Quentin Nelson from the Colts, and number five, Devontae Adams, which is a pretty
1: interesting top five yeah, list. That is a very interesting top five. So this is the top five that came out, you know, the top 100 players list? Top, no, not the NFL top 100. This is just pro
0: football focus. Their top 50. It sounds like
1: they picked all the main
0: positions and taught and found the top guy in each one. Kind of. Yep. Let's, let's do that. Is, is Aaron Donald the best defensive player in the league or the best, I guess, defensive lineman, at least. You can definitely make the
1: argument, but I don't know if I would say that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think defensive players. that just, can wreck a game i mean now that we're a couple of weeks into it i mean you might be focused more on a d a dn that can get i mean i don't know donald's not much of a sack guy he's more of just a he commands the double teams pressure guy yeah, yeah. pressure guy plugs up the runs you could probably make the case for a, a d and either one of you know tj watt uh maybe one of the Bosa's. You go in the linebacker section, you go Bobby Wagner, always there. You could say even Jalen Ramsey on his team being the shutdown corner. Uh, you could go try to find a safety. I know a lot of people are on Buda Baker, but I guess, yeah, we'll go with Aaron Donald. He's the biggest name out of all those. We
0: know that the Snowman's going to be against that because he just hates Aaron Donald. Yeah. All right. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Is he actually the best?
1: He is. He is 100% the best. He just, Every single game you watch, you just don't expect him to really ever make a mistake. And when he rarely does, you're like, oh, dang, you're surprised. There's a lot of other quarterbacks. You're like, OK, like even with the Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, I guess Tom Brady now could be like, I mean, Tom Brady is the greatest football player ever. At least in my opinion, just all around the best player ever. But quarterback, it's hard to take Mahomes out of there with his youth and his abilities. So I guess you could go. Oh, the other person I would put up there would be Brady. Okay, that's fair.
0: They're both on the cover of Madden, too, and both haven't been cursed this year. So, knock on wood, that stays. Are there, is a do- it was a double cover this year? Double goat cover, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three on that list was Travis Kelsey. Uh, top tight end, obviously. I don't think that's going to be a discussion. But does he deserve to be a
1: top five, a, a top three player? Probably not. Terms of position, obviously head and shoulders, body miles ahead of any other tight end Wallers trying to get there, but I still just think it's Kelsey. But in terms of players in itself, I I would say no. Come back
0: to that. We don't have to spend a lot of time on Quentin Nelson because we don't do lineman talk here, but he seems pretty good and he's fun, right?
1: Yeah. He's I mean, he's a guard too. He's not even a tackle.
0: They even say right here, significantly less valuable than a tackle, but he still made it in their top four. Yeah. Number five, Devontae Adams. Is Devontae Adams actually the best receiver in the league, or does he just have the best connection with a quarterback and is, is very good, not to take away from him in that area?
1: That's, that's a good discussion, good way of putting it. Is he the best pure, skilled receiver? He's got all the physical tools he's proven, but does he, is it because he's been with Aaron Rodgers the last six years they've developed that connection? If he were to go somewhere else, Production's obviously going to drop. He's not going to be as sought after top receiver. Gosh, probably no, but top three to five. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, so who would you who would your top receiver be just in like you get one receiver to pick? You don't know the quarterback. You just want this guy. Like who's the guy that you have the most faith in to be a number one, to be quarterback proof, and just have all those tools
1: that you're talking about? I guess the only other one or two would be Tyreek Hill. I mean, you could maybe start to. You could maybe start to talk about. I don't even know. I don't want to say names that are going to get me in trouble. You get in trouble? I'll say some names. DK. DK. I, yep, I like that.
0: but his hands probably not as good as Devontae's, right? Right. Your other good route runners, along with Devontae, because that's his like his calling card, right? Just like releases off the line and everything. But Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs are probably in his class. But sounds like you would take Devontae over those two. And I think I would too. I think I would. I think I would too. Anyway, my answer is DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's like actually the best receiver in the league. He's shown it that he's completely quarterback proof. He can run nice releases off the line. He's a super good contested catch guy. And.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's been doing it now for close to 10 years, I think. Yeah. I was just watching, right before we jumped on here, I was just watching Andre Johnson highlights online from way back in the day. And Hopkins was alongside him on the other side of running routes as well with the long long hair. And I'm just like, man, Hopkins has been around for a while. And then I was watching these highlights, looking at Hopkins, and I go back to your point. He's a good route runner, good off the line, always had the skill to, you know, turn the defenders, get them where he wanted it, and be able to get those open spots. I'm like, man, DeAndre Hopkins has been doing it for a while. And he was doing it even as a rookie. Yep. So that's a good, that's a good point. And we, I know, I think I had talked earlier in this in the off season about possibly seeing a, a down, uh, down downslide a bit on Hopkins, you know, getting to that 30 age and, starting to maybe get the wear and tear not being productive but obviously a couple weeks into the season that has not been the case so I'm very wrong on that anyway (laughs)
0: anyway that's okay he's just great back to the Kelsey thing: a tight end being in the top five who would you put in just off the top of your head would you add another quarterback would you add Brady in there instead of Kelsey would it be like a McCaffrey or a Derrick
1: Henry I think uh, I like the McCaffrey, the Henry, maybe the Dalvin, uh, you know, jumping those guys in there because even on their bad days, they, they're they good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Bonus 50 theme nonsense question as we end up. Will Tom Brady play until he's 50? He will not play until he's
1: 50, but – yeah i uh he's definitely not playing until he's 50. he if he wins again this year i don't know what his birthday is but it would be kind of nice to retire at 45 on a two win on a double repeat deal but he said i mean guess why retire if you're feeling good unless you and the whole the whole retiring on a high note thing i used to think was like the way to do it but like with Brady, it's like he could retire after a horrible year and they're going to be like, yeah, he was 46 years old. He would just loved the game. He won seven, eight Super Bowls. And you know what I'm saying? I used to be on the, like, it, retire on the highest note you can, you know, Super Bowl winning playoff, good season, and then call it, call it quits. So you're not seeing the deterioration, but with someone like him, who just is going to transcend the NFL for the rest of time, he's going to be the, uh, you know, the, 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 thing to look at I think it might as well just go until you're until you really just can't do it and even if you even if it results in a bad year yeah
0: do you remember Peyton Manning the year after they won the Super Bowl they played one more or he played one more or two more years after that right and it looked bad yeah I, I don't I think so yeah and people don't really hold that against him I think for the same reasons like you said like yeah he could have retired after that Broncos win and you know going out on that high note but i don't i don't think most people hold against him those like old injury years where he looked, you know toast so right yeah we'll see what tom does though i mean i again i'm a major tom brady hater but what what do i have like to stand on lately not much not much (laughs) We'll move on. I, there was some more, I mean, I guess the, the major takeaway is there's always going to be injuries and nicks and bruises for, for these players throughout the season. Uh, again, no, no major player went down to a, a season ending injury. So we won't focus too much on a new segment this week, but I think we'll touch on it when we get to matchups, when we kind of break down those things. Does that sound fair? Yep. So with that being said, let's get into the thing that I think most people want to hear this week. A lot of moving and shuffling, but we've got power ranks right now. Weird intro. (laughs) As always, we're starting from bottom to top. 12, Big Schneek, number 12 in the ranks, number one in our hearts. Yep. Number 11, Big T, hitting some rough patches, but we'll talk about if he has any help coming up. Number 10, Doug. Number nine, Jim. Number eight, Hesse. Number seven, Chase. And then our playoff group is number six, Wade. Number five, Matt. Number four, Ben. Number three, Brendan. Number two, Eric. And number one, I'm still holding on, Old Scummy.
1: made it at the top just like we predicted if you were going to win you were going to stay there and if you were going to lose you were probably going to at least drop a spot but you won i won
0: Woo. because of that brandon dropped from two to three but his position in that top three group i think is safe same with eric who moved up one swapped with brandon after a win but uh, i think that's our pretty safe top three at the moment right oh for sure Big movers and shakers this week are Matt and Wade. Both moved up four spots. Matt, we really had just down low because of a poor showing. And his team's still kind of underwhelming. But I just think we have faith in those players to bounce back overall. And then Wade, we wanted him to prove us wrong, and he did. He's one of the only 2-0 teams in the league. There's only three of them. And Wade, surprisingly, is one of those managers so gotta give him
1: a credit there. Definitely gotta definitely gotta give him the credit. And yeah, Matt had me this week, obvious win. Solon scored 123. But like you said, have faith that his players are going to start putting up more points. I mean, he I mean, Herbert alone left 12, 15 points on the table. Ugh. And AJ Brown's been weird dropping and not playing good. So there was another 30. Or so points sitting there for Matt, probably. So, and then Wade just exceeding all expectations, getting the production where he needs it. Uh, and Josh Allen really hasn't had a banger game yet. And Tyreek Kill put up five last week. So, Wade's team is surprising us, and we love to see that. We love to see shakeups in the rankings. So, good on you, Wade. Another shakeup. Jim is the big faller of this so, week. Yeah. Jimbo, come on, man.
0: Uh, seems looking a little rough. He's got Kyler, which is apparently a guaranteed 40 every week. Yeah. Clyde is a disappointment had his first fumble of his career, uh, in a big spot though on Sunday night. So I would expect Andy Reid to just to, to, to go back to him. He's not going to, you know, lose reps. I don't think, but he's not that involved in the offense anyway. So Clyde, um, you know, up and down opinions on him, but looking like he's just, you know, you're counting on him being in that good offense. It's just, just not a good or a top tier, I should say fantasy producer at this point.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to be the type to get you at 25, 30 every week. Like he was hoping for being the number one overall pick, not this last draft, but the previous one, he loses Landry on the IR for a couple of weeks. He's going to be he's going to be rolling in rugs. I assume he's going to be rolling in uh, Drake this week, as Jacobs is probably out. So maybe he can he can catch some catch some better fire there. But I don't think any of those players are going to give him too much more. He scored one sixteen. Best case scenario, maybe drops another twenty in there than the one thirties, one forties. Depends on who he's playing and and what's going on. That's not going to get it. That's not going to cut it. You know, unless he's playing me or. That's
0: about it. <laughs> and Apparently, I think the thing hurting his team the most, in my opinion, is Robert Woods. I, I was big wrong on Robert Woods. I mean, he's involved, but it's not like a close even distribution and production level between him and Cooper Cup. It's, Cooper Cup is the clear number one, and Robert Woods is, has been fine, but not what you know, myself and some others might have hoped and predicted for him. Oops. yeah
1: yep I would you would you would hope and think defenses will start to uh, you know focus in more level on cup if cup's going to be putting up 25 30 35 40 points some of that's going to go to woods as the season drags on so woods with the 11 spot two weeks in a row you can start getting to like 17 maybe a touchdown a couple more catches here and there maybe a big bomb something like that. Uh, he can count, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I just don't know how good it's like. This is kind of the conversation we had with some of these teams in the beginning of the year: is you, they uh, either have to fire on all cylinders every week because that's how your team is made up. Because you don't have, I mean, he's got Kyler dropping forty, and he's only scored one hundred sixteen points. You need the likes of going up against you, Brandon. Uh, you know, Gooch over here scored one eighty. Earn scored one eighty. If you're not getting major points across the board you just can't compete with some of these teams in the league and that's that's the disparity with the league like we're gonna have six people make the playoffs Jimbo could very well be one of them T could very well be one of them Wade even if he stumbles Hesse but these teams don't have the firepower I feel like to compete on a week-to-week basis when you Brendan, Gooch, Matt they have players that can pop you know, multiple poppers every week. And that's the, that's the struggle I think we're finding with the league. At least I'm seeing now on the outside, looking in this year, not having that type of team, not having the type of players that can do that anymore, you know, just kind of focusing in on the rest of the league and what it is that their teams are made of. And that's kind of how I'm seeing it. I I might be wrong, you know, tell me if I'm wrong by all means, but that's kind of what I'm how I'm viewing it. No, I don't think you're wrong at
0: all. I mean, you got to have some poppers on your team if you want to win. No one is, like, consistent, like, 15 to 20 every game. Well, Christian McCaffrey is consistent 30 every game. But other than him, everyone has up and down weeks. So you got to have, you know, like, Chase had an Aaron Jones to make up for whatever else might have been lacking, you know, with 40 points. uh, Not much lacking because he put up 180, so major week. But Jim getting, like, what, a one point or something from Jarvis – Robbie Anderson probably was like, what, five or six? I don't, I don't have it in front of me. But without having some other support with Kyler, like you said, just can't get to those higher point totals. So just depends on the week matchup. And hopefully he catches, you know, in the playoffs, if he wants to move forward, he's got to catch someone on a down week is, is really what it is to, to get to the, you know, semifinals, finals. Wow. Uh, but I mean that's that's why they play the game. That's why they play
1: the game.
0: All right, Well, that's a fun new rankings that we went over. I think that it's starting to shape up. I mean, even with you know Wade as a surprise, he's two and zero, so that's a nice little cushion for him. You know, I don't think he's played any of the top top teams, but even still, that's only three to four. Well, I, I don't know if you want to call it guaranteed losses, but just where you're penciled in is probably not going to win, but it seems like he can hang with everyone else. So with that 2-0 cushion, he might just still wiggle in on the playoffs, beating out someone that we expected
1: um, in the preseason. For sure, for sure. The two wins starting out the year is always fun, always nice, reassuring, because he's going to come up against harder teams that he's going to, you know, you could pencil in those losses. But like I just said, six people are going to make the playoffs. Some of them are going to be teams that are just, you know, not that great. And they got to hope for catching on down weeks or or catching one of those crazy lightning bottle games from, and he's got the players to do it. He's got Tyree. He's got CD. He's got the players that, you know, could easily go 102 scores, 150 a score. And all of a sudden you just, you've won your matchup because you've got a 35 spot from a flex or something in there to where you don't, not every team can get that. You've got like, and it's, uh, that's going to be my my thing for this whole episode is looking at your team and finding those players that have the ability to really explode. Like what we were just saying with Jimbo's team, it's shown obviously now Kyler is probably going to be in that 30 to 40 spot every week. Now that's his consistent, that's he's going to rely on that, but he needs it. He needs something like that from Clyde, from a possible Robert Woods in there to where, to make, to make up for it because Kyler can't do it alone. When the likes of team and other teams like you, like you can have a Mahomes-Kelsey staff blow up and then also a Kamara and then also uh, whatever, you know, like and then Matt, he's got A.J. Brown, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, he's got Herbert, could, you know, again, Herbert left 15 points on the table. So look look at the team, see what you need to do to get players that are either – always consistent at a number to where it's going to beat up an opponent or find someone who has the ability to hit that blow up i don't know that's that's what i'm harping on this week yeah
0: that's what you want right but that's the hard thing about fantasy you know i myself am sitting on top in our dynasty league in the redraft leagues that i'm in oh it's looking rough because i don't have consistency or really people that pop so yeah not great and it's hard to to find, you know, what you're lacking when everyone else in the league is doing the same thing. So pray for me. Oh, we get, we're on there. We got the prey chain going out there. Uh, maybe we'll have to do like a, a doom and gloom segment for me and you since we're
1: both just in dire straits in, in those leagues. Yeah. Redraft leagues are, are tough right now. And I think not to get too into it, we've got a you know, other stuff to do here in the show, but I think Dynasty, at least on my end, I made this comment to you the other day, is skewing how I view redraft leagues a little bit. That's
0: for sure happened because uh, those rookies and those younger guys get a little shinier when you're sitting in the redraft room and then uh, apparently they're not good yet. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? All right, Snake. I think it's a little early. I think we're kind of moving at a good pace here, but let's take a break and do an ad from a beloved sponsor this week.
1: Well, hello there everybody. It is Schneek Incorporated. That is right, Schneek Inc. The sultry, sexy and seductive side of Schneek Incorporated. That's right folks, Schneek Inc. is Spirits by Schneek. That's right folks, we do drinks now too. And what better way to foray into this realm than bringing you the classic and oh-so-smoky Lagavulin, or log to us connoisseurs. Keep it neat, keep it classy as you transition into the colder and cozy nights. Don't forget, folks, Schneek Inc. is here for all of your needs.
0: And we're back hmm, my mouth is watering though just thinking about a log what sneak one finger two fingers what are you thinking probably two <laughs> probably two but it, it's such an interesting flavor yes smoky but i've i've learned and i i mean maybe i'm wrong i don't know what i've been told i guess is that other flavor is peat whatever peat. oh yeah very peaty i just didn't want to mention that but it's good and you know it's been it's been a minute Actually, I'll go check. I don't know if I have any log on hand. <laughs> I need to. Let's get into our matchups this week. Another fun round. I mean, I guess that's the good thing about our league. It's always fun because there's always some kind of storyline, some kind of revenge narrative, some kind of implication that we can always look at for these matchups. Unless like Doug's involved, I guess. We'll start off with my matchup. As always, number one ranked team, the Deer Hunter. This is our number nine ranked team, Jimbo's Dear, Dear Emoji.
1: Well, this is, like we were just saying, this is a loss for Jimbo for sure. It's just, you just have too much to overcome on a week in and week out basis. I don't like the Godwin matchup against the Rams, but Brady and that offense got to be Matchup proven Antonio Brown is in COVID protocol and we don't know his status for the game. So he could be out. Like we expect the Chargers and Chiefs game to be fairly high scoring. We expect Kamara to score higher than eight points, although he's going up against New England. So they will definitely be focusing Kamara. Jim's got nice matchups. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Murray against Jacksonville, Clyde, Carson against Minnesota. Like we just said, Robert Woods probably gets him off that eleven spot up into that 15-17 range. He's got rugs in the lineup. That flex is still up in the air. I don't think he's going to play Connor. Uh, He's probably going to put Drake in there. I I would, but, you know, that's Jimbo. I don't really know what we can say to try to make a case for Jimbo to win this week, man. Like, he's currently projected to lose by 30. Expect that to probably be the case. You're going to get your third win. Jimbo goes to 0-3, and then it is just Sadness. Come on over to the tanking (coughs) side with me. What's crazy is Jim has said in the group chat too,
0: he knows that he had a murderers row to start the season. It was Eric and then Brandon or Brandon and then Eric and then me. And then Matt, like the four semifinal teams, you know, counting Eric as like having your team from last year. right? Right. Pretty tough start. I think that he, but I think he could have some hope to like, okay, he's past that, that rough stretch. He's got some easier matchups coming and he could still fight to make it, maybe make a move here, there, like you said, to get some more pop in that lineup, especially in that wide receiver room. I I talked about it. I think when in our first power ranking show that I liked his receiver room Uh, wrong again, sorry, Jim. I was, I was all in on it, but Bobby trees is kind of a letdown. And then Robbie Anderson, I guess, you know, with that, with, Christian McCaffrey back playing, involved in the offense. He's just kind of been phased out. Like everyone else, has their role. And Robbie Anderson left to, uh, you know, big play in week one, and then nothing else in week two. So,
1: yeah, really good point there.
0: That's looking tough. And then you know, when he has Rugs or Landry, that's not great either. Even though Rugs might be turning things around. Apparently, Derek Carr is just a, a gunslinger now, but. You know, it's still, like I said, I like his matchups. I think he has a little bit of an advantage, I guess you would say, there. And his players are more likely to not have a tough go of it. But, uh,
1: yeah, I, I think I can win. I hope so. Now, like, I know we're let's just we're just going to – sometimes we go a little bit harder on some of these matchups. And I'm just going to stay here, and I'm just going to talk about Jim's team again because, like we said, he's got a couple nice pieces, but it just doesn't seem to be enough. Now, now us analyzing his team, is there any moves that you feel like he could should or you would make if he had if you had that team to try to, like you said, bolster the wide receiver room, do something like, in my opinion, the only option he's going to have is probably the Kyler Murray trade, but then you're trading away 40 points every week and you're going to replace that with a 25 QB and a 20 spot receiver so you're going to be at the same the same points that you're getting with Kyler. So what is the move that someone like Jimbo facing an 0-3, possible 0-4, not really having much draft capital on his, you know, in his bank to be able to move picks, to be able to compete now, what would you do with a team like this? You know, I, you know we, we could, maybe we should try to get Jim on here to talk about his team. He's one of the only members on the, the league that we haven't gotten on recently, you know, in the last 50 episodes. What would you do, Scum? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, picks is the
0: answer. He probably has his 2024 first, but uh, speaking from personal experience, people are, are not interested in 2024 first at the moment. So tough sledding there. I like what he did. He went and was kind of bold and got KJ Osborne uh, off waivers in week one, who's looking pretty solid. I mean, the Vikings, I, I would feel pretty confident that they can sustain three wide receivers so you know he's not going to be like the leader in that group you know for the rest of the year but also I wouldn't count on Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson being healthy all year either they've shown that they get banged up a little bit so if I were him I would see if there's interest for Osborne probably isn't but then on the flip side I would have the confidence in Osborne to use as my Wide receiver three or flex and then try to flip one of those bigger, well-known names, maybe a rugs or an Anderson or maybe a Robert Woods and try to get like some youth and some pop or pair them with uh with a James Connor to see what you can get from Chase, who has a little more depth and might want to pair um the Cardinals running backs together, or or same thing with Kenyon Drake. I mean I know those guys are usable at times, but I don't know. The, the package deal, maybe again, working that Brandon angle. I guess I don't know how specific you want it to be, but you've got a couple tight ends that are better than Brandon's tight end. So go tight end, um, Kenyon Drake, kind of see where, where it is there. I don't know. Those would be my initial thoughts. Probably tough though. Of so it,
1: is, it is going to be tough out there. Hopefully Jimbo's team can turn it around. We're, we're rooting for you, but yeah, like you said, either run with what you got, blow it up, try to tinker. That's all we can do.
0: I guess so. I want to go back to one matchup you talked about just because I'm curious what your thoughts are, because it also will apply to some other uh, managers in the league that Rams uh, Tampa Bay matchup does Jalen Ramsey, take godwin or does he take mike evans
1: i would think that he takes he would take godwin i think ramsey has been playing more in the slot this year uh maybe and i think it's going to be a fluid situation in the game if it comes out and he's on evans on the outside godwin starts tearing him up in the slot he'll switch uh, and then it's going to be that chess game between the coaches the team the defense brady i think it's going to be a really great fun game to watch uh, but my initial my initial thing is that he probably goes to Godwin.
0: I don't. That's not what I wanted to hear. But
1: that's not what I want to hear either. Trust me. But I, if I'm being honest, I think he goes to Godwin. I think Godwin's better, faster, more involved in the offense. But it's going to be a fluid situation. Whoever starts to pop first, he's going to go and try to shut that down. Sure. So that's the beauty of the the Bucks offense and all the shares out there that you have in redrafts or dynasty is you know, or especially if you got Brady and we'll, you know, my matchup with Ben brand's got Brady, you know, hopefully it doesn't, it's not going to matter, but with Antonio Brown out, that's another offensive weapon that's going to be missing. So does a break get more run? Does Tyler Johnson get to play? Uh, Who is it going to be, you know, if Antonio Brown doesn't go. Yeah, we'll see.
0: That'll be fun to see. Maybe um, on Jim's team, maybe Jalen Darden makes his debut gets a little run and we get to see and you know we've seen rookies kind of come out of nowhere and then take roles that we didn't expect them to have just because of their play so i know jim likes jalen darden i do too because he wouldn't give to me but i don't think you should play on this week jim if you're listening (laughs) yeah pick me to win but we've seen crazy things happen i don't like to guarantee anything on this show Other than I guarantee that this next matchup is going to be fun to watch. Number two, Laviska Lavuska. Versus number three, recently named Miska Muska Gesicki Mouse. Ew. First of all, Gesicki.
1: But yeah. (laughs) What a
0: matchup, huh?
1: Yeah, another good matchup. Brendan had you uh, week two, doesn't win. And now he's going up against Urn. Ernie E. Fritz in week three. <sighs> Who's going to win this one? I'm looking at it right now. And honestly, I'm going to say that Big Ern gets the win because of the DeAndre swift Devonte adams matchups don't lend itself to Big games and he's running Pittman currently I don't know if you can do that with Eason maybe you can Uh, and then Chubb against Chicago is not just a gimme for Chubb Chicago show that they've got uh, their their defense is turning around they're stout they could easily shut that run down and earns rounding into form already in week two putting up 180 he's getting his lineups locked in Uh, he's hitting coming up with some awesome matchups in his pass catchers I like the pits against the Giants. Jamar Chase against Pittsburgh. Lockett just been on a tear. We're talking for the Kansas City Chargers game to be a a shootout of some capacity. So Keon Allen's there. Uh, Dalvin Cook been banged up, but he's just man in Minnesota. And Seattle is a gimme matchup. Najee Harris got himself in the end zone going up against Sam Darnold on Thursday night against Houston. Like These are some juicy matchups. Uh, and then you never know what he's what uh, what that lineup will do going into the start of the week. You know he's got a lot of people on the bench that he can move in there. Uh, but I think this is why Ernie made the trade for these types of games, putting up 180, having the ability to go out there, run out all these all stars. And if he can beat Brandon, which I'm calling for Brandon to lose, it's going to be a tight one. Obviously, projections are currently set at 10, uh, up it's 172, 162. But if Ernie can get this win. Brendan goes to one and two. I don't know if Brendan starts to panic. Probably not. Maybe so. (laughs) But this is exactly why this trade happened, why Ernie wanted to do this trade. And if he can get this win, and that he's going to just sky's the limit at this point.
0: Yeah. Major fun matchup. I agree with you. I lean Eric to win. Like you said, based on the matchups and just based on the fact that he, you know, if, Dalvin Cook misses this game, which I don't think he will, but that's in question, right? He can just replace him with Ezekiel Elliott. Like, no big deal. Uh, in a good matchup against the against the Eagles on Monday night. So his kind of, I don't know what you would want to say, his weakness or his most potential for falloff isn't even that detrimental to him. And then Brandon, like we saw against me last week, and I brought it up on the show, that wide receiver three spot and that tight end spot are are risky for him. He's got Pittman there instead of Davis right now. I expect that to flip-flop a couple times as he thinks about it, you know, and as we see what the Wentz news is. But tight end is really just – it hurts him. Um, goder was, what, two points last week. Gasicki with uh, Jacoby Brissett this week. No, thank you. Evan Ingram hasn't played all year. Like, what – you know, that's his – that's his Achilles heel for sure. It has been, we talk about it, we make fun of him, but it's almost becoming not funny anymore.
1: Do you agree? Just sad? Yeah. And I just, as you were bringing that up, you know, I've never been the biggest tight end guy. I'm coming around more and more this year and understanding that, you know, at least having a solid tight end there that you really don't have to think about, even if it's an, even if it's an eight to 10 every week, but then you've got the likes of the Kelsey Waller and the slash Kittle pits. Now, uh, debate. I think if Brendan really, truly wants to do something, he should go hard after Waller from Doug throw a first and some young guys at him or something to go get Waller. And that will then skyrocket Brendan to never having to worry about this conversation again. I think that's what he should do. And I think he shouldn't be afraid to do that. If he's ever going to win, it's only going to, his players are only going to get older. They're only going to get whatever you want to say, you know, Brandon has had a great on paper team for like three years and he, he's not putting it together. So what is it that's missing? Is it the tight end spot? Is that all that's missing? Then go get Waller and go win. I, that's what I would do. And that's my suggestion. Do nothing, go for it. Do nothing. <laughs> um, we'll see what he's, what he thinks about that. You
0: talked about Kyle Pitts in a positive light just now. So let's do our weekly Pitts talk. Coming around a little bit, liking the usage. Just, you know, like you said, he's not the top guy, but he is,
1: I I
0: would say he is a guy that you can count on, like you said, solid eight to ten. He's going to be involved.
1: Yeah. Uh I I'm not coming around to the fact of him being like the next great second coming of anything, but he goes six, he goes eleven, uh, targets uh are going to be consistent. He's put, he put a lot more yards on it this last week. If he can put it, if he can put another 70 and a score on the giants this week, then we're going to be like, okay, they're getting it together. But with that offense, the Falcons, they're always going to be down. They're not going to be good. Uh, Barring any injury from Matt Ryan, you know, even though he's not playing that well. Yeah. Pitts is going to get, he's the number two option. If not like a one a to Ridley option but this next week against the giants should be a telltale sign. If he repeats the performance he just had and maybe gets a score because then he's going up against Washington in week four, which I don't like. And then maybe week five could be the jets point for him, but yeah, I'll speak of him in a, in a a light, in a, in a positive light just because of usage. I'm not necessarily think he's, he's, he's a polished route runner by any means. He's just a physical specimen and he's going to get the volume, uh, It's, you know, jury still out remains to be seen on my end on what he's going to be in the NFL, but an an 11 spot tight end is a top five. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, Uh, you put it right. I mean, he's not, he's not tearing up the field, getting major separation. But my whole point going into the season was I love him as a physical specimen. So there we are. One, One last fun thing to point out between or in this matchup two reverse stacks. Brandon has Russell Wilson. Eric has Tyler Lockett. Eric has Sam Darnold. Brandon has Christian McCaffrey. So lots of trading back and forth between those
1: guys. For sure. If Lockett has another monster game, it's going to affect both of them. I I see the Darnold McCaffrey kind of being the same thing on Thursday night. I wouldn't be put it past McCaffrey as 10 catches another 100 yards and a, and a receiving touchdown or something. So I do like those reverse stack matchups. We've been getting a lot of them early on this year in this uh, in this season, which is fun. All
0: right, let's move on to our next matchup. Our number seven ranked team, high-speed chase, versus the number 11 ranked team, uh, team Big T, a rematch of last year's TJ Yeldon Bowl.
1: Mm, I remember that because I think I was watching that game with Butch And he just about died (laughs) when that happened. We were at payments and it was just like, literally like the last, Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. And that's a go down in history, fantasy moment in our lives.
0: Legendary move from big T he'll need another one of those this week. If he wants to pull out a win, you know, he, we talked about he's got the great receivers. They performed just fine. He's got Aaron Rodgers. But he had a big dud from Tyler Higby last week, which I'm not saying I predicted it, but I'm not surprised that Higby is up and down, right? Just that's who he has been. Love the Rams offense, but if you're not named Cooper Cup, I'm not going to count on you week to week,
1: unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Projections, favor, high-speed chase, the gooch, uh, and I think that's how it's going to go. He's going to get the win. Just kind of looking at what we're we're seeing on on T's side over here. Running back matchups are not ideal. Amari Cooper questionable. <sighs> don't I just don't see it? I just don't see it at all. I expect a I expect a big final coming out game of 2021 for Kittle against Green Bay on Sunday night. Edmonds against Jacksonville, he's going to get his work. I like the McManus pickup even in kicker spot against the Jets. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past. Him to put a couple 50s on the board. Stafford's been playing great. Is this the game Barkley gets going, gets carries, gets catches, gets yards against the Falcons? Aaron Jones is coming off 40 spot. Even if he cuts that in half, he's at a 20 spot. And I don't see Big T getting even 20 from Williams and White combined. So this this was in contention for the upset of the week or the uh, blowout of the week. I think it could have been. Or I guess it could have been the upset if we were going to go on T side, but We stayed away. We just calling it what it is. Gooch wins. T goes 0-3. But he's not too worried about that. He's a real estate mobile now.
0: Just a rich man with like 17 properties. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Cortland Sutton? Is he back? You know, week one with Jerry Judy playing. He was, what, a couple catches. Not not anything to write home about. Week two, no Jerry Judy. Blow-up game. Like nine catches for like... 150, something like that. Right. So, what are we looking
1: at rest of the season? You're probably looking at more of like a meeting of the two. The 160 that he just put up, that was, I think, a product of Jacksonville. But it looks like he's probably returned from the ACL just fine and he just needs to get going. Uh, that I think Bridgewater likes to spread the wealth. They can't run the ball so Sutton could be in line to have those types of big 10 catch games. So, yeah, I say I guess you could say he's back and he's should be considered a week to week top 20 receiver.
0: If look, well, so. Last week we saw the 49ers running back room just get absolutely decimated. Trey Sermon concussion, uh, Elijah Mitchell shoulder or something, right? Uh, I think, I,
1: yeah, Mitchell is uh, questionable day to day, but I think he's going to be playing. I think so too. But say
0: everyone's out, does Chase roll out Jacques Patrick? Oh, <laughs>
1: no, he, he, he doesn't. He does not roll him out uh, whatsoever. And if he does, it's just going to be his 49ers love uh, seeping through the cracks and it will be, a mistake a la whenever he played that weird quarterback that one week last year for the Broncos, and he was like, Why did I do this? <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. We've all been there. We all make those, we all make those calls because it's fun. You think you convince yourself in your head that, like, man, I'm gonna play this player that like so he's, smart. Gonna the, he's gonna be the ticket and he's gonna do something oh. wild and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there too many times. Yeah, but, so dude. it's fun, it's a fun spot to it's fun to be there in your head and in like midweek, you're like really analyzing players and lineups. You're like, man, just imagine. If I put this guy in here and he just has a career lifetime game. And then I've just proved everybody wrong, but I don't see a way that Jacques uh, breaks this lineup. And if it does, it'll be, a, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Do it coach Jacques over Saquon. hmm, hmm, hmm.
0: Point out again, another double reverse stack, Matt Stafford, to Tyler Higby, Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones, which we saw be just a monster stack on Monday.
1: Yeah, I don't think the Stafford Higby is 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 one to really worry about. <laughs> I, T hopes that he can get a touchdown at of Higby, like that
0: would be great. If it was one one catch for one yard and a touchdown, Tyler would be happy. Yeah, both Tyler's Tyler Arson and Tyler Higby. All right, moving on. A pretty fun matchup. We've got the brain trust going at each other. The full Monty Hesse going against
1: Monty. Team Chase is delivered. The full Monty against Monty. Ooh! Wow! Oh wow! Hesse, Hesse, Hesse. Well, Hesse and Matt, Matt and Hesse. Well, this is unfortunately the upset of the week. Come and shake upset out of the week. Gum and Sneak, Upset of the Week. Upset of the Week. Yay, yay. You heard it here first. Upset of the Week. Hesse will beat Matt, even though currently Hesse's got the weirdest lineup set I've ever seen. What's going on here? Hesse is playing mind games, I think. Is he just trying to lull uh, Matt into a false sense of security? Don't think it's going to work because you sure as heck ain't playing Cam Newton. <laughs> I do. Uh, 40. He's currently projected for forty-five points, which is like half of what I'm projected for, and that is not a good place to be. This team obviously gets changed around before the start of the of the week, uh, but it is going to be an upset. We have to find an upset. This is currently our number. Our number eight team beating our number five team. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that is considered an upset. Uh, Even though Matt's got some nice matchups there through his receivers and his flex and tight end spot, I don't like the Antonia-Buffalo matchup. And since Hesse's got a weird lineup, I got to go down to his bench. Kareem Hunt, I don't like against Chicago, but and I don't like David Montgomery necessarily against Cleveland, but... Anyway, this is the upset of the week, Hesse. I don't know why you got your lineup all messed up like this. It's really screwing us over here. I mean, I think – so Lamar should should smash the
0: Lions. Um, we just saw him have, what, two rushing touchdowns, 100 uh, rushing yards. Against yeah, 40, 40 points, yeah. Would have been like running back one for the week probably. Um, he'll have Mike Evans who should have a little bit of an increased role with Antonio Brown – I'm going to, I'm going to say Antonio Brown doesn't play. So Jesse kind of loses that, but he's got some options to flex. Uh, Maybe he even goes jumbo and goes Andrews and Gronk. Yeah. Justin Jefferson in a good matchup against the Seahawks. T Higgins a little banged up, but I mean, he's been great this year and has a good matchup against Pittsburgh. Running back spot is the tough, like running back two spot is the tough one for Jesse. Maybe he could have some confidence with Melvin Gordon against the Jets soft matchup but expect some garbage time kill the clock so Mm -hmm. a lot of carries for Melvin and Javante I would probably do that but I think it's going to be a close upset Mm -hmm. when it is because we're always right right I think that what's going to get Matt is the Tyson Tyson Williams call okay I know he's looked pretty good he should have had a touchdown but like Th- threw the ball up in the air right at the goal line last week. I, this might change too. He might not stick with this plan. I just I just don't have confidence that he is the guy that Matt should be flexing there over the likes of Miles Gaskin, who I know had a rough game, but probably should bounce back. Over the likes of Deontay Johnson, who he'll probably put in if we get like an all clear on Deontay. So those are the, those are the spots that he's, you know, rough on if he has to stick with Tyson I think that'll be let down and then Damian Harris against the Saints is probably not a great matchup weird matchup to kind of pick excuse me on an NFL level like Saints looked great week one looked terrible week two the Patriots have been ho-hum so I don't really know what happens there between those teams but I just I know that Damon Harris probably gets 20 carries, no receptions. I don't expect he gets a touchdown against the Saints. So, you know, 70 yards, 20 carries is a decent game, but not something that kind of takes him over if Jesse's guys are
1: exploding, as we're predicting a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a good point with, the, with Harris and the flex spot. It would be interesting to see if Matt keeps it this way or not. But either way, it's just going to be a close matchup, but we had to find an upset. And we are a fair and balanced podcast. Everyone gets the treatment. So here
0: you are. Here we are. All right, next up, a pretty boring matchup. <laughs> Team Wade Yealy, number six, versus Team Doug Jay, number 10. Doug coming off of a loss in a game that Derrick Henry scored him, what, 50 points?
1: Jeez. Well, then that, that goes to what we said. We, he said, I mean, he scored 55 points and loses. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but this, uh, the Wade-Doug-Doug-Wade Doug, Doug Wade matchup is our blowout of the week.
0: Let's come and sneak blowout, blowout of the week.
1: Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. Like you said, kind of a home hum blowout of the week. Wade is on a tear at 2-0 at start the season. Uh, he's got a nice team, nice players. Uh even if this wasn't going to be the blowout of the week, Wade was going to be beating Doug. Current projections are close to 30, uh, but Wade blows out Doug. Uh, Doug is our current 10-ranked uh, team. Wade is currently in the playoffs at number six, I believe. So this would hearken uh, to a nice blowout. Uh, Derek Henry doesn't get 55 again. Waller might get 30, but Henderson's banged up. Uh, and then he's got Claypool, meh. Christian Kirk, Matt. Marvin Jones, awesome friend of ours at the Scum and Sneak show, been playing really well. Fournette, Matt. Uh, Hawkinson just been balling. Tyree Kill is probably is good, definitely getting off five points this week. Josh Allen could easily have a big game. Rolling Cordero, currently in the running back spot. Elijah Mitchell banged up. It's going to be going to be playing. Carlson apparently is like the number one kicker scoring 20 points a week. And with Doug not getting 55 from Derrick Henry, he's going to lose and he's probably going to get blown out because even if he scores 20 and 20 from Waller, what else is he going to do? I mean, who, what quarterback? Who's he going to play at quarterback? He's, he's going, going to be forced to play Zach Wilson, who's coming
0: off a four pick game. Uh, not a lot of confidence there. Yeah, just we've talked about it on Doug's team. If it's not off the back of Henry, Waller, and a little bit of Henderson, He's not going to win, and he couldn't do it last week. I know Waller had a down game. Henderson left, injured, but 55 from Henry? Like, come on. So That's uh, crazy. Can you imagine getting 55 from Derrick Henry and losing? He played against Chase, who had Aaron Jones with the 40 spot, but even still, uh, going into the Monday night game, Chase only needed like four or six points or something from Aaron Jones, so Doug was going to lose that regardless uh, of a blow-up game from Aaron Jones or not. And it's just, I mean, part of it, yes, would be that to a left, like, what, third play of the game or something. So he got nothing out of the quarterback
1: spot. Yeah, he did get nothing out of the quarterback spot, I guess. I guess if he would have gotten, what, what's two of it putting up? Maybe 20? Yeah. I mean, at where it sit, Doug scored 141, and he would have lost to, like, a third of the, or three quarters of the league anyway. So he would have still lost if he wasn't playing it against them high high score 180
0: so that's the thing but you know maybe he's moving waller soon i don't know i heard that from a little bird somewhere <laughs> a little sneaky bird sneaky bird but anyway blow out of the week yes sir let's round it out with our number 12 ranked team but number one in our hearts sneak ink versus team smith benaway number four we didn't really talk about his team in the rankings segment because he didn't really move much but He's kind of solid in that four spot as of now, 2-0, and putting up really good scores, and his team's just looking solid with Brady, Cooper Cup, and, I mean, those two is, is really all he needs because he gets solid production everywhere else. But is this the week that I break the 100-point mark? Yes, it is. Guaranteed. Is it? Back <laughs> is going to have a blow-up game against the Eagles. Uh, Ty Johnson's getting some work. You know, he had 50 yards last week. That's pretty good. Sammy, uh, still no shot Bateman, so he should be in line for at least six, seven targets. And uh, Rodrigo's going to have a good game. I feel it.
1: Yeah, like I said, uh, this is a win for Ben. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. it uh, be interesting to see how he starts the week off with DJ Moore on Thursday night. If it's a dud, probably not going to matter, but I will be like, ooh. Uh, but it's a, at Houston. I don't expect that to be a dud. Yeah, not yeah. Much, What am I, what, are, what are we supposed to say here? He's going to win. He's got matchups across the board that he's going to beat me on. Uh, maybe Dak and Brady even each other out, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm probably going to tinker a little bit with this lineup just because I did pick up a couple receivers and with that Cleveland offense being banged up, I might throw a Cleveland receiver in there, uh, but definitely not going to matter. I'm, but if I can get 100 points, I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, not like you said, not much to talk about in the matchup specifically, but what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor right now, who hasn't looked great in his two games? I mean, hasn't been bad, but, well, what's his kind of rest of the season outlook like? Better, kind of
1: more of the same? I think it's got to be more of the same. He's getting – he got 17 carries and 15 carries in the first two weeks and does is not doing much with him, averaging about three yards a carry. I heard something – uh, and read a few things that Wentz and is making that offensive line not good. <laughs> yeah. yes. So, the offensive line should be good for Taylor. Like, he should be putting together better yardage outputs than what he is for the carries that he's getting. And he's got some plus matchups coming up Tennessee, Miami, and then getting in the heart of the season, Houston, Tennessee again, Jets, Jacksonville. I don't really know what to make of Taylor. I haven't really watched any highlights or much of those games. So I haven't seen what the, the looks are, you know, what the plays are looking like, what he's looking like, you know, he did score 20 points week one,
0: you know, yeah, he he one gets
1: like, catches for 60 yards. Right. I guess if he's not doing that, then he's going to be in that, you know, if he's not, if he's not going to get catches and he's not going to get touchdowns, he's going to be a
0: 10 point running back. That was the difference and we too he got like one target I think and one catch so again is that Wentz is that the offensive line is that him uh, I don't know kind of hard to to sort out in my opinion which is, which is why I wanted to ask you but you know I, I would still especially in a dynasty league I would like to have Jonathan Taylor on my team but I don't know how much confidence you have in him specifically but Ben doesn't have to really worry at this point. He still has en- enough depth and enough going on with his team where he can feel okay. And then, like we said, this week's matchup, he's fine. Sorry to say, not trying to rub it in. He's fine.
1: He's going to be all right.
0: He'll be all right. All right, sneak Into hopes and dopes. Um, still overall on the season, we're both looking good. and both my hope and dope hit last week. Jamar Chase was a hope. Saquon Barkley was a dope. You hit your hope with Ezekiel Elliott, scored a touchdown, looked pretty good. Uh, Your dope call was wrong because it was CMC, but um, I appreciate you trying to do that for me. (laughs) So, you know, no fault of yours there. But yeah, this week, I guess I will start it off. And my hope this week is Tyler Boyd on Chase's team. Okay. One, you've got to play a Tyler against Tyler. I think that's a rule that we established. And I also like his matchup against Pittsburgh. I think he really bounced back in week two after some concerning week one usage. And I think week three is the week he scores. It's his turn. Uh, Higgins and Chase have both scored on the Bengals. So Tyler Boyd's kind of due. And I just think this is the week that all three of the receivers are pretty good. And Tyler Boyd has another good game. At least, you know, high catches and high yardage again, even if he doesn't score. And I think he should be played over Debo Samuel on Chase's team, which I know would hurt him as a Niners fan. But Debo's going to get Jair Alexander. Has been on a tear in the first two weeks. But as you mentioned, you expect George Kittle to kind of bounce back in that game. I do too, just based off of like a target share um, perspective. So Debo, I fade a little bit this week because of a tough matchup and probably a little bit less of the, of the target market share.
1: Okay, I like
0: that. I like that a lot. And then my dope this week is going to be on Wade's team, even though it's not going to hurt him and blow out of the week. The dope is Jalen Waddle. Nice. Has been pretty good, but once Tua went out last week, he did absolutely nothing. I've got no faith in Jacoby Brissett really. And he Wade has good options that he can play instead of Waddle. For example, he could play Kenny Galladay, who hasn't been great either, but he was chirping on the sidelines, so I would expect some uh, squeaky wheel treatment there. You could also throw in, uh, you know, move some things around and get Sony Michelle in as your flex in case Henderson doesn't go.
1: So that'd be a, a better option. And yeah, yeah, I like the waddle call. Without Tua, what's waddle going to be? And probably not going to be good. Right. All right. So, my, I'm going to start with my dope. And I'm just – I'm calling my dope this week is going to be Brady, Tom Brady. Been on an absolute tear, crazy stats lot first two weeks, but going up against the Rams, uh, he's going to – he's not going to be throwing three, four touchdowns and and just looking like the Brady that we all know. I think the Rams are going to shut him down fairly well. I think he's going to have a, too much pressure in his face to be able to just sit back there and pick him apart. And then whoever Ramsey is covering is probably going to be shut down pretty well. Uh, and I, then uh, I'm just more so calling, trying to you know make a call that Brady definitely comes down to earth with the way he's been playing. Uh, Dak, with the matchup-wise, Dak's going to outplay Brady, going to score more points. Uh, but Brady will be... A dope and it's a Sunday afternoon in LA I don't know if that really matters to Brady or not but it could do a little bit of a mess up for him because of the just the the timing and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to find a fun call here to call out a dope on a player that's been destroying
0: yeah no I, I like that call I had considered Tom Brady just with the Rams matchup but you know I, I think even if he has a down game that's still like a two touchdown. 275 yard game from him compared to what he's been
1: doing. So, but I, I do like it. I can see it. And for my hope, I kind of took your tack on the hope, not necessarily, you know, I, I looked on a lot of benches, see what, what players are not being, you know, usually my hope call is someone that a team is hoping blows up, has a great game to make them get the win. But my hope is going to be coming from Matt's team. And no, like we've said, the guy's got depth for days. But with Justin Fields starting this week, obviously a huge Justin Fields guy over here, I expect Darnell Mooney to have himself a game. I'm expecting him to not only have the type of game he just had, you know, a six for 60, but also getting a uh, blow-the-top-off touchdown 40, 50 yard or something like that to really put him in that stratosphere of that, that mid-20 point uh, showing. I expect Fields to – come out there and torch the Browns. I know the Browns are, you know, it's like a kind of a sticky matchup. Browns, good defense. The last couple of weeks, they haven't, I mean, they've been scored upon and there has been a lot of decent fantasy points against the Browns. So I don't see why Fields can't come in there with the receiving options that he has. I'm not saying Matt needs to try to get Mooney in the lineup because it's going to be extremely hard and he's probably not going to. And Allen Robinson's already there. He's going to have a good game as well. But I I like Mooney to have, you know, 120, 130 yards and a touchdown, uh, six, seven catches. And so I'm calling it kind of took your your route here with the hope is, you know, on anyone else's team, find a way to get Mooney in your lineup. But Matt's team, he's still going to lose. I don't think Mooney gets breaks that lineup. But uh, I'm calling for that to be a, a big point on the bench for Matt. Bro, another one that I totally looked at
0: too. <laughs> Big Mooney fan, and uh, I agree with everything you said. Big hope this week. I'm totally into it. Nice. All right, that's hopes and dopes this week, everyone. And now for America's favorite segment, Scum and Sneak at the Thursday night game, wrong. We get it wrong, except we have been picking the winners these last two weeks. We did do that, except, man, I had that game pegged so wrong last week.
1: Yeah, we're not getting the scores at all, but we're picking the winners. So let's keep that rolling, Schneek. We got
0: Houston Texans versus the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night. One side has some decent fantasy options. One side has one named Brandon Cooks. So
1: how do you see this one going? So Panthers obviously win. We've got rookie uh, Mills out there for the Texans. Freaking General Mills. General Mills. uh, Score is – 28-10
0: 28-10 Panthers. Yeah, I'm right there with you in a little bit of route. I got it at 27-13. Ooh, nice. Pretty similar, but um, yeah, Panthers should take it pretty handily. Off the back of CMC, of course, and uh, a little DJ Moore touchdown action. Is what I really yeah, want. I'm calling Darnold to
1: throw at least two scores. I'll even it out. One, one to DJ Moore, one to Robbie Anderson, but I think CMC just – destroys on the ground, probably has himself like close to a 200 total yard game and two scores. I don't see how he doesn't do that. I think he's going to run all over the Texans breaking big, long runs and he's going to be involved in the passing game at some level. So it's going to be a route. Uh, yeah. Book it. Book it, baby. All
0: right. Well, that's the episode this week. Thanks again, everyone. And Sneak, take us out. All right,
1: folks, we love you. We appreciate you. Looking forward to week three, coming at you hard, hard, heavy, fast. And uh, that's it. Bye. Bye.
0: didn't like it as soon as I said it whatever I'm gonna cut that part out Uh